0: Welcome back in to David L. Gray, off code and unscripted. Got one thing for you today. I got to eulogize church militant, St. Michael's Media, not Michael Borah. So I've heard from a few different sources that this may be the last week that church militant is going to be in existence as we know it. So I hope that's not true, or I hope a miracle happens, and they're able to write this ship. I really do. But um, in anticipating the worst, I know there's going to be a lot of ink, a lot of consonants, vowels, and syllables spilled over the coming month, maybe. Um, That's going to be quite negative. So I wanted to come in first and say something positive about the impact that church Milton had on Catholicism, how the space that they occupy for so long is not going to be filled by anyone, at least anytime soon, and that's going to be, that's going to hurt us. So that's what I want to talk about. I'll eventually start the clock, but I need to get to a few things first, but this is Off Code and Unscripted with David O'Grey, let's get into it now. I do need to say this one thing because sometimes I get pushback from people who only see like some videos that like challenge the Kool-Aid because YouTube, the YouTube algorithm likes to put out a certain type of content of mine and not put out the other type of content. So sometimes all people see is sometimes when I'm being critical, right? My my, my videos where I'm, I'm being a critic of this thing or that thing or sometimes even that person. So last week, I put out a few videos about some, you know, the content was, you know, challenging the Kool-Aid, as I say, that people drink. And there are some weird comments I noticed that people made. One person was saying, oh, David, you're putting out content. It's just all you're doing is putting out social justice content. I have no idea where that came from. One person said, um, oh, David, you seem you don't like anybody whose name isn't David L. Gray. Listen. Okay. So what do we do at St. Dominic's Media? Actually, <laughs> these off-coded, unscrewed, the podcast, that's something I kind of do just to fill the blanks, fill the space, because I know it gets it gets attention. It gets clicks whatever. And that draws people to our other content. or draws subs in, right? So I'm just working the algorithm, but also challenging some conventional wisdom that sometimes I think is off or presenting an idea or a thought that I think may expand the way we think about things, and sort of get us get us out of our camps and our cults, because I think that's an important. But for those who don't know, right, what do we actually do at Saint Dominic's Media? Well, there, there's a few things I would point to. One, our weekly podcast called "The Liturgical Sense of the Readings at Mass." That's the liturgical sense of the readings at Mass. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also find it on YouTube. You can find it at St. Dominic's Media. You can sign up for our newsletter. Get it in your email. Every week we release it. So, the liturgical sense of the readings at Mass is a podcast that breaks down the readings at Mass from what a method I developed called the liturgical sense. So, this sense of reading the scriptures is, well, I guess just how it sounds. We read the scriptures through the lenses of the liturgy. And we... And we're looking at the scriptures. Okay, what does this say about the mass? Okay, because no one becomes a saint merely by going or worshiping at the mass. No. Why? Because at the mass, we're not autonomous, so to speak. We're not using our frontal lobe and um, our decision-making process, so to speak. What we're doing is merely just saying what the church has to say, doing what the church is telling us to do at the moment stand kneel sit sing chant whatever why because the liturgy um, this method is pedagogical so it's teaching us through repetition how to be in the world so it's in the world after we're dismissed from the liturgy that we become saints because we're using our decision-making processes our catholic conscience so that's where we become saints that's where we become holy by taking out of the mass um, what we learned there into the world that. So what we're doing at St. Dominic's Media was we're instructing people, how do you do that? Because that's how you become a saint. So that's one podcast. And related to that is the podcast that we're doing that is really more like a, a study on the catechism of the Catholic Church and 31 lessons. We're on lesson 15 now. That should be coming out this week. And what that um, is doing is, again, well, it's not so much what Father Mike Schmidt was doing over at Ascension Press. He's, you know, he's going to talk about the catechism or whatever. Uh, for a year it's not that because again we're taking what the church teaches and we're explaining how do you live that in the world also what is there in the liturgy to help you really form um, you in obeying that teaching uh, what virtue is that teaching attached to so here's a catechism this is how you live it in the world what we're doing at st dominic's media so that's another podcast you get anywhere you get your podcast or go to st dominic's media it's also here on youtube youtube algorithm does not push it out a whole lot we have a lot of courses over at st dominic's media as well uh one course that or lesson this would be that we're working on now because it's just gonna be one part it is about memory the role of memory in salvation history right how's Memory wounded at the fall, and what has God been doing throughout salvation history to heal our memory because what happened well, it would have been good for us to have memory or knowledge of just the good. we would only know virtue, we don't remember virtuous things, and we repeat them, repeat them, but what happened when evil wanted to know knowledge of evil, well, then she got memory of evil knowledge of evil, and this memory and knowledge of evil. And that's what makes us sin again or sin the first time. We have the memory of it. Remember how good that felt. How, and so we want to repeat it. This is how. This is why we sin and why we fall into temptation. We have knowledge of a thing that is sinful. Um, and that's really associated with memory, that knowledge. And so we want to do it. And so what God has been doing throughout salvation history, he's been trying to heal our memory by, um, again, over and over again, telling us, remember me. Remember me. Remember what I did. And so he's been pointing to himself um and so it's, it's an amazing teaching that i'll be releasing on that so so studies and lessons like that you can find at st dominic's media you can find it here on youtube but the algorithm doesn't really push them out one thing that we have coming up in 2025 another thing amazing we're, we're gonna have a pilgrimage that's gonna be going through spain and france as dominicans as hounds of heaven We're going to follow St. Dominic, where he is born, where he studied, um, where he lived, where he's baptized. We're going to walk the El Camino way. We're going to be in Lourdes, Madrid, um, uh, Toulouse. Um, It's it's going to be a phenomenal 12-day pilgrimage. And it's going to be a pilgrimage like no other one. I'm gonna be giving during pilgrimage i'm giving like four talks on dominican spirituality from a lay perspective how do you live dominican spirituality how does dominican spirituality connect with liturgy why is it the best spirituality i think that, that that's the best path to sainthood because it integrates so well into the liturgical life i'll be giving four talks on that one of the um, pillars of dominican spirituality is community so this this is just a pilgrimage this is building community after the pilgrimage is over, we're going to stay in touch. We're going to have community. We're going we're to get together online. It's, 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 we're going to do this every two to three years. It's, it's going to be, nothing has ever come like this, a pilgrimage like this, Connected Dominican Spirituality. Um, Ellen Steve LeBlanc, who's been on this show, she's helping put together the pilgrimage. And we're still working on which bishop will be with us on a pilgrimage to offer mass, your confessions. We have some deacons confirmed. Harold Burke-Sivers, he's coming. Deacon Christopher Major of San Francisco, he'll be there. We're trying to book like at least three buses. So this is going to be epic. Again, this is going to be September 2025. Uh, Sign up for our newsletter, St. Dominic's Media, for more information about it. Uh, We should have everything wrapped up in March. So I'm going to start pushing that really heavy. So... No, off coded, unscripted. David being sometimes being critical of the social conditions of of sometimes I'm critiquing the critique, right? This little critique podcast is not the bulk of our work. We're actually doing a work that really I think is really about saint building. The best way we think we can build saints, and that's through um, uh, teaching people the real meaning of the liturgy so i hope that was more insightful <laughs> and so you're going to try to pigeonhole the work into justice next so one more thing before i start the clock <clears throat> about why i'm doing this video because like i said i think i think this week in the coming weeks there's going to be a lot of what i call um, 2020 hind, or the, or the hindsight sort of thing, you know, looking back and really seeing, oh man, this were Church Militant, Saint Michael's Media messed up. This is what Michael did. Michael Voris going to be a lot of commentary making this all about him. Okay, I think there's a space for that. Right, I'm not I'm not saying that content is going to be dumb. I think there's a space for that. Okay, but um, what I'm doing here is something different. I'm going to be looking at the positive, which I don't think a lot of people. Um, are going to do, I was talking to my friend, Bobby Hesley, some of you know, and you know, he's offering me some insightful 2020 stuff, stuff I hadn't really thought about. And I thought that was legitimate. I think there's a lot to look back and say, man, this is where things went wrong. It wasn't just the past three or four years It's maybe just sort of way back when, okay. And there's some things that relate to Catholic social teaching that people should have caught Fine. I was also speaking with my friend Christine Harrington, you know, from the Eternal Life Plan, her podcast, phenomenal podcast she has. Subscribe to her. Because I don't think Bobby's going to make a video. He really doesn't make videos anymore. But uh, Christine probably will. You know, she's really been on top of this. Some really insightful content. Um, and she's been kind of thoughtful about things. She's tried to get eyewitness testimony. So that's fine. And, uh, you know, she had some thoughts about... um when things started going bad here's the point where things could have changed but you know again you know for whatever reasons it, it didn't happen i think that's a phenomenal take right so um and i think there's space for that okay i will say this though and this has really been my critique of people who critique the catholic church again my critique of the critique Is that the Catholic Church is the only institution on the face of this earth where people judge us by our bad members. They'll judge us by, you know, the pre-scandal, the sexual abuse, even though we found out about that over two decades ago, about two decades ago, yeah, over two decades ago, you're still here today, right? We get judged by our bad actors. Long before that, we're getting judged by Galileo or the Crusades or the so-called Protestant Reformation or the Eastern Orthodox Catholics judging us by the Crusades. you know, We always get judged by our bad. People judge us by Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi. We're the only institution to get judged by the bad, right? which is the wrong way to judge Catholicism. The only way to judge Catholicism is not by our people who didn't obey church teaching, but by those who did obey it. The only way to judge Catholicism is by our saints, but no one does that no one judges by the members we actually have in heaven i think that's demonic but sometimes we as catholics we get caught up in in that as well right we we judge some of what we do by our bad actors right again this may some of it may be uh, a legitimate critique uh, i'm not saying that but there has to also be space i think for us to look at the good right I, I, you know, I, you know, sometimes I text Michael or Boris or he texts me, you know, he's in rehab now. And one thing I had sent him recently, a message was I was just reflecting on um, my past, right? You know, my, my late twenties, um, early thirties, I was not a great person at all. Long before I even knew Jesus Christ as a real person, right? And that's that really what changed me. You know, that, that encounter I had with Christ. But so, man, a lot of bad frontal lobe <laughs> decisions, right? And which led me eventually to prison. Yeah, a completely unforced error. I had no business making those type of decisions. No reason to, but I did. Um, and so I went to prison about five years. And I remember about two and a half years in, I get a, a letter from my wife at the time, and and you know she's ready to get a divorce. And a part of me got it, right? You know, she's lonely. In prison, time sort of freezes. But people outside, man. You know, you're paying bills, you're living. You know, she's raising our daughters. I get it, right? I get it. And, but what hurt me the most in prison was the fact that I was a completely different person than who she had married. And all I wanted was to show her who I was now, All right? Not just at these visits, you know, she had come to visit me with the with girls so often, right? But she really didn't see um, me who I was, who I was becoming, who the Catholic Church, you know, studying church teaching, What I now knew about manhood and fatherhood, what I knew about life, fidelity, like everything, the person I'd become, was becoming, I just wanted to show her that man, I wanted to show her that husband, and I wanted to show her that father, All right? and it sucked that i wasn't going to be able to have a chance to because you know women you know once women they make a decision that they're done they're done <laughs> right um there's songs that talk about that like when a woman's fed up right uh you know it's just over and there's nothing you can do to change that though i tried my best and i remember a man at nighttime. I would just want to get into a time machine. That's how I told Michael that I used to want to just get into a time machine and go back. Uh, and that time machine never, ever, ever showed up. It just never did. And uh, I had to just learn how to live in the present. I just had to accept it. And it took a long time to learn how to live in the present. You know, sometimes you, you ever like been to a bathroom? And you take a dump and the toilet doesn't flush what do you do <laughs> what do you do right you keep trying to flush it hope nobody comes in behind you right? close the lid i don't know spray something what do you do right some sometimes there's some crap that we put out as human beings that's just gonna like stay there <laughs> right until it dissolves or something like that uh and there's nothing nothing you could do man there's nothing you you have to just live with it live with what you did <laughs> live with the fact that some people are gonna smell what you did some people might step in it right it's just that's the human condition okay and that's more of what I'll be talking about in my lesson on memory but that's what I told Michael and um so that's kind of what I want to do in this talk I'm about to start the clock I want to just like kind of talk about what church militant the good that they did right i'm not going to focus on a crap in the toilet right? i'm just going to kind of talk about what they did that was good and why why there'll be surliness so let's start the clock now so church militant started you know real catholic tv early 2000s right i, I think i started watching them about 2010 2011 they were still doing some apologetics they're still doing some news none of that i don't think we're gonna miss i think there's people out there right now in the catholic social media space who does apologetics better than um real catholic tv or church Militant did i think there's people who do social commentary as well as church Militant ever did maybe even some better i don't know um, and there's new Catholic news. Any Anybody could do that, right? It's, it's, that's not going to be missed. I think what's going to be missed, I think what Church Milton did really well, <clears throat> was um, what I call the even critique. And again, just to comment on Michael Horace, I, I get why people want to make the two synonymous. I get how domineering his personality was. I understand how the fall happened right i think there's a lot of been, been a lot of bad ceos and they fall and the organization keeps continue. but maybe Michael Wars is so integral in what church millington was doing it couldn't um it, it couldn't sustain right so I, I i get that so um i'm not trying to put really so much distance Michael Voors from um the organization because i think we sp- it's the communication of idioms right We speak of one i think you can also almost speak of the other but Church Milton, I guess, along with him, right? One thing they did well was, I think, was the even critique. The even critique. And that's something that is sorely missing in a Catholic social media space anyway. But on such a large national, international platform that they were doing, um, there's, there's no one out there that does it. Uh, what is the even critique? even critique is being able to call balls and strikes evenly as well as you can. All right. I, I like to consider myself center right, All right? And I think that's why I get a lot of haters. I think that's why church militants also get a lot of what I call haters, right? Because the Catholic space, you have at least in the social media space and in media space, you have a lot of people who are like far left. And a lot of people are just like far right right we'll call them liberals we'll call them traditionalists, right uh, who thinks their way is the only way there aren't a whole lot of people i think most catholics are in a center right I, I think um a lot are center left a lot you know some are center right but as far as the media space goes there's very few there are like right there like center right where i think catholicism is on a lot of a lot of issues and so i think largely they were able to call balls and strikes um on, on both sides right whether it's traditionalists, whether it's liberals whether it's sspx whether it was you know the church of nice as they called it right they were able to call balls and strikes evenly and without holding back criticism so i, th- I think that was i think that is um one thing that th- that will miss in the space That type of organization with that large of a platform, being able to look at both sides and say, hey, this is wrong over here. This is wrong over here and sort of carve out a path forward. Right. So I think they did that really well. And uh, the Kool-Aid drinkers, as I call them, because I I think we do have a whole lot of Kool-Aid drinkers in the Catholic Church. People who drunk the Kool-Aid over here of the church of the bare minimum. They don't ask much of us. Don't fast so much, let's move our Sunday Masses to Thursday. You know, that, that whole, uh, you know, it's just, they don't ask much of us. They just think, hey, let's have a Eucharistic revival. That'll fix stuff. You know, it's a weird way that we operate, right? Of, of not really doing much to make people saints, right? And then you have people on the other side who drink the Kool-Aid of traditionalism. I think Church Milton was there for a moment. They would say, oh, you just get to a traditional mass. That's how Michael used to end every video And you know he outgrew that because you realize there was a lot of pansies wearing pink underwear, pink panties underneath their cassock over here, right? Everything isn't right, and you know a lot. I always see a lot of people in my comments, you know, saying, "Oh, you just got to go back to tradition." And like I said, my series, you know, to return to sacred. The reason why you return to sacred, not tradition, because you have to ask yourself, what traditions? The tradition Black people received communion last. The tradition where you didn't wear the color black to mass. There's tradition where men sat over here, women's. Which traditions, not all traditions are sacred, not all traditions are holy. So it's not return to tradition, it's return to sacred. But you have the people who drank the Kool-Aid. And I just think, hey, we just have James Martin do the traditional mass. Everything be fixed. No, it's it's not that. And Church Militant, they got that after Michael and them, they all grew this idea. All right um remember when um church milton they wouldn't even critique pope francis and i was upset with them about that i I even talked to michael about that when we had dinner one time and um and you know i think looking back i think he understands oh maybe i should have said something sooner like when all of us a lot of us knew that this guy's a bad pope perhaps the worst pope in the history of (laughs) popedom Um, Church Militant still wasn't saying anything critical about the Pope himself, about Francis. And, you know, looking back now, looking at where the Catholic social media space is now, in some of the vicious language that we use about Pope Francis, even sometimes now, I'm like, hey. Um, So I think it's admirable looking back how well, how long they resisted speaking about pope francis personally because maybe we went maybe too far sometimes now about some of the things that we say about him personally okay Um, i'm looking at some of the the people um, in our catholic social media space who have spoken very ill of the pope personally and i'm looking at some things that are going on in their life now some of the things that happens to their ministry right I, kind of maybe maybe this stuff is connected right there's in a catholic social media space again the whole even critique i think there are some organizations that's maybe bigger uh, than church Milton saint michael's media was and just an organization and maybe some that have more reach or equal reach In a social media space. Um, But again, I think they're either too far left or too far right to really be taken seriously or to have the type of impact that I think church militant was able to have because they largely had to even critique. You know, for example, National Catholic Register, right? Their problem, I think it's a good organization, you know, even though I'll call it as, you know, a plant for the CIA operation. You know they're just too close to the bishops right ewtn that and you know national catholic where they're just too close to the bishops on the other side national catholic catholic reporter you know just too far left they're, they're completely into the skittle mania life site news um they do some great reporting like church militant but again like will they call strikes on the sspx right um i, I, don't, I don't know I think they're too far into the to recognize and resist. Okay, to be taken seriously. You you share a life site news with a leftist. They sort of laughed, right? So I, I don't know the remnant. Right, Michael Matt, Too far, right? In a Catholic identity conference. I just so I I think the space the Catholic space is going to miss Church Milton. For that reason, there's no one in this space right now that is large as them, that has as much reach as them that can occupy that space. And I think that's really their major contribution because because of that, because they were able to occupy that space sort of in the center right, bishops feared them. (laughs) Bishops feared Church Milton and tried to take him down a lot, right? Constantly attacked by the bishops. And because they were who they were, Church Militant, St. Michael's Media, they were the only organization that was able to hold the bishops accountable. Not with these petitions that we see LifeSite News doing all the time and um, Catholic Vote, I think, does them. Because these are just harvesting emails. You know, petitions don't do anything. Um, but actually with boots on the ground. Um, church Milton was able to do that to hold a bishops count. No one else can have the type of platform that can call people to Baltimore as they as they did and have that um, no more something conference. Um, I forget what was the, the actual name, but I spoke at it um, That was a few years ago and no one has the, the cachet. And no one has the resources to be able to pull something off like that they they held the bishops accountable at least they tried the bishops the episcopacy the episcoporum is not accountable to anyone the papacy is not accountable to anyone let's let's be honest about that but i think you know uh supposedly yes but i think church milton did their best to try to put pressure on them to make them accountable i think some ways it worked in, in a lot of ways okay Um, all the wonderful work they did exposing the skittle activity in in, the church the the homosexuality again there's space for hypocrisy if we want to go there sure there's space for that but um, we're just talking about the good they did Um, just looking at it on on the self that was amazing all the exposing of the gay bishops that they did the gay seminaries no one else was doing that and the platform in which they did it was huge. And that was good. And it needed to be given credit for what they did all those years. And again, with the boots on the ground. They actually had, to forget what it was called, but they had um, like this resist thing. They had like local chapters. <laughs> in cities, they had mobilized people to do stuff. Right? Um. I really didn't disagree when, when Michael went into the whole the political thing. I really didn't. I think that was kind of worldly and stuff like that. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't, I don't vote. I, I think I, I don't, because I don't buy into the sacraments of voting. I think that changes my life. And I I understand why people would disagree. I understand people you're probably saying, oh, Dave, you got to vote locally. You know, they have friends who, who tell me that. I get that critique. All right. Um, but it's not, a, it's, yeah, I, I reject that sacrament. I do. Of, of voting. Um, I, I want to change lives by teaching people how to lead a liturgy. And that's how I want to affect the public space. That's me. You don't have to do what I'm doing, right? And I don't have to do what you're doing, right? Because our call is not to, there, there's no teaching. I say you have to go vote, but we have to participate in the space. And how I participate in the space is by teaching people how to live that thing out, the liturgy, right? Um, so I, I wasn't with him when he got really into politics, church militant, really into the whole political thing. But um, I thought it was amazing how they mobilized boots on the ground. There's no one who's doing that nationally now, and I don't see it coming soon with that large of a platform, that huge of a <clears throat> pool. All right. They need to be given credit for that. One thing else they need to be given credit for is uh, one thing that's always been near and dear to me as a person who is a human first right who's a catholic second and everything else is formed by that husband father friend everything else is formed by that but you know um, along the way people identify me as saying you know hey you're black right you know that's how we you know that racist term (laughs) You know, some, some things we use. So I accept that, on a sense, that okay, there's these people called there's Catholics, traditional Catholics who are, you know, this uh, what do you call it the social construct, right? A black because there's only one human race. You know, there's just other social constructs, right? Um, it's black. So church militant was the only platform of his size and reach that Michael and Trish Milton went out of their way to promote traditional Catholics who are black, whether it's having me on their show or speaking at their conferences or Bobby Hesley. There's been others, you know, politicians who are black, um, um, my, um, my friend Jackson Peakney, um, just so many others. No one's doing that. And I think that's a need. A huge need. Because, again, we talked about this in another I'm not, I don't believe in forced diversity. I don't. But I do think that it matters when people can identify with people, even on basic levels. And I think the Blessed Mother Mary gets this as well. It can be a basic level, just skin color. She appears our lady at our lady Guadalupe. Hey, I look like you right um you I relate to you you can relate to me just on this basic level of culture of skin color whatever and I think that matters so um but church militant was the only platform of a size in its reach looking for Catholics who are traditional and black that say hey we're here and um hey this is why you should if you're a Catholic who's black look into tradition or um or look into conservatism why liberalism has failed you he was on person that you know i was on the show a few times bobby hesley we, we talked about this i'll link some of the episodes um below where we critique what's going on in the democratic party how it harmed blacks we talked about uh, traditional catholicism so no one else is doing that. You, you ever seen a black person at the Catholic Identity Conference? <laughs> no. Um, uh, you know, you, LifeSite News? I, 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 I don't I've never seen, you know. Uh, maybe back in the day, I think you had like a black Protestant or something like that. Um, you know, National Catholic, EWTN, I think, you know, they have their the regular people, you know, like Deacon and stuff like that. um, um Uh, You know, I have my radio show at Guadalupe Radio Network was EWT affiliate. Uh, You know, Joe McClain brought me there. I think where he's at now, Stations of the Cross or something like that. He has Jordan Pacheco over there doing something. Um, That's more local, um, but it's it's needed. So, again, the point is you don't have anyone doing what Michael Voris did, um, showing the diversity of Catholicism and reaching out to people black americans who say hey consider catholicism here are some people who you may identify with no one's doing that that's going to be missed the only platform that was uh, speaking about freemasonry when he he had me on there i think he had someone else on there speaking um he he done many shows himself about the dangers of freemasonry no one else is doing i think life site news has a, a writer on their platform who I like he, he was he was never a freemason but he's he's one of the few people who's not a freemason who actually speaks about freemasonry accurately um so they do write about it right um, coalition for cancer priests was another platform which is large you know i spoke there about freemasonry um on grace force you know they've they've had me on there so you do have some platforms that are kind of large that do say hey catholicism in america just isn't just lily white right um and there are some issues some taboo issues that we can talk about like Freemasonry, you know but how church and militant did it how large they were and they still did it's going to be sorely missed right so they have to be given credit for that and that's just really my my thoughts Um, I can go on and on about the positive things they did. But I know I'm I'm already way over time. (laughs) You know, it's supposed to be a 10-minute thing here. Got carried away. But, um, yeah, so this is the eulogy, though. And as I like to give eulogies, like I gave my own father's eulogy, you know, I just want to highlight the positive. uh, Because of memory. God wants us to remember the good. He wants us to remember the virtue. He wants us to remember those things that lead us to holiness. He wants us to remember him. Just remember me. Remember me. Do this in memory of me. Remember I've done for you. Right? And so we can apply also apply that to the human condition. We can remember the good. And um, there will be people that come along that will remind us of the bad. Right, that's fine. But for now, give me this space here just to speak about the good, because I think it's worthwhile for us to remember the good that Church Milton brought for the time that they they brought it. And I do hope there's a miracle that comes along that, that can keep them in their form. And I do hope there's an organization that comes along that maybe can eventually fill that space. I do. Um... But I saw I know about that for now. But let me know your thoughts in the comments below about the good that Church Milton brought. How it impacted your life. When did you find them? And I just want to hear the good. Alright. Let's make this a proper eulogy. And I saw for now. This is David O'Grey off code, unscripted. Remember, Jesus loves you and is there for you. Live your life. Like salvation matters, because that's all it does. I'm out. back.